1: Pack your bags and get ready. You're going to Vegas with people who know Vegas. You're listening to
3: Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Welcome to Vegas and welcome to 2021. Here in Las Vegas, well, it's not the same. Last year at this time, the anticipation of a wonderful year was in the air. The Knights were headed into the playoffs. The Raiders were going to play their first season in a brand new stadium in front of 65,000 fans. More conventions were scheduled than ever before. Big new hotels were planning to open, and so much more was promised. But in February, the pandemic came, and nothing has been the same. What can we expect for 2021? Well, there's nobody better to ask than your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com. So today, we will spend the entire show with Scott. It's 2021, and who better to find out what the heck is happening in Las Vegas than your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of vitalvegas.com? The best place, I mean, the very best place to get what's really happening behind the scenes in Las Vegas. And, Scott, first of all, before we even start, you wrote a great piece that everybody can read on your page. It's 21 for 2021. But, This year has been probably the weirdest I've certainly experienced. It has to be the weirdest you've experienced in Vegas.
1: I mean, and we're talking weird compared to an era where the actual members of organized crime ran casinos. Like, that was a very weird time. Uh, And this this blew it out of the water. Uh, Obviously, everybody's grappling with the pandemic. But Vegas was hit especially hard. We're we're just so uh, reliant on tourism and, and travel dollars and conventions and a big events and pretty much across the board just wiped out. Uh, so you know we you know I've tried to keep it light, but it's been really brutal on a lot of people that uh, have have worked their whole lives in Las Vegas in the service industry and find themselves just in dire straits. I, you know, I'm trying to look forward to 2021 just because 2020 for everybody was just really strange and awful for the most part, and there's no, you know, there's no glossing over how bad it was.
3: No, you know, and we who read you every day, we could just feel your pain because. You're watching this happen, you know this isn't good, and it, it was one of those things where it just seemed to get worse day after day after day, and there was every day there was a new story of layoffs or closing.
1: One of the biggest stories, I, I think probably the biggest of 2020, was just the closure of casinos. That was something that I was adamant would never happen. Uh, I knew there would probably be limitations and uh, mandates and capacity limits and things, but I don't think anybody predicted just the complete closure you know even when they reopen this idea of of conventions that you know a lot of people don't even realize that conventions really drive las vegas gaming uh gambling kind of the same thing uh they they of course drive a lot of revenue but the real bread and butter of vegas is conventions because you're getting large groups of people in uh quite often they they uh uh, the, the convention and the visitors authority has planned it so that these big conventions coincide with natural kind of seasonal dips. So, say in December, typically would be very slow. So, they would have the rodeo in, got the town full again, and the price are strong and the revenue is strong. But yeah, the, the conventions is it's one that, uh, and I'm not really sure. I think that's one of the last things to bounce back in 2021 because anything related to large gatherings of people. Uh, You know, it takes a lot of planning. So a lot of these convention folks just haven't really been planning things for 2021. Uh, So that's going to take quite a bit of time to ramp back up. No
3: question. And, of course, it killed the Legion Stadium. Here we are. The NFL comes to town. Everybody's excited about it. Big Garth Brooks concert coming before the NFL season. And none of that happens. And now they're talking about the Super Bowl. That's one of your uh, 21 for 2021. Going to get that in 24 you know, that seems like a long way off, but I'm thinking eh, that might just be the right time that we're going to be able to do it. I and mean, it seems to me, Scott, that even for the season of 2021, you're not going to have full houses in Allegiant Stadium, even if you have some people in there.
1: Yeah, I guess. I mean, it, it depends on how optimistic you are about the rollout of the vaccine and, and kind of getting the numbers under control. Uh, It's taken a little longer than expected. It's really important for Vegas that they do this in a much more accelerated way uh, to to be diplomatic about it. Uh, They they haven't done a great job so far. You know, as we get into kind of the next few months and we start to see, you know, it it doesn't have to be everybody getting the vaccine. There's um, quite a few people have had this thing already. Quite a few are getting the vaccine uh so you know i would love to see mid-year some of these events starting up we've got electric daisy carnival edc that thing is still scheduled for may uh and what i've heard is in even in the governor's office they're saying this is good to go as long as the the vaccine schedule rolls out as planned so uh yeah sports concerts you know uh the nightclubs i mean all this stuff is all kind of everybody's watching uh how how this is uh, is handled, how quickly the vaccinations are rolled out, the effectiveness—you know, there's still this percentage of the population that's just not going to do it. Uh, but I think at some point the masks have to really come off. I mean, that's
3: <laughs> to me that's
1: going to be a symbolic end to this in Las Vegas because masks are a reminder that you're supposed to be worried about something, and that just doesn't work for Vegas because Vegas is supposed to be a carefree escape. And wearing a mask just isn't part of that. So the moment that those masks come off, I think will be a symbolic return to some degree of normalcy. No matter what else is going on, if, even if there are other restrictions, I think once the masks uh, come off, we'll be, we'll be looking at a very different Las Vegas.
3: Well, I think the mask did have a big effect on people because a lot of people, depending on your age and so forth, uh, your sense of risk, where there's always a sense of risk in life. I think there's a lot of people that would have gone there, but some of the fun seemed to be sucked out by not only the mask, but all these plastic things and so forth. And y- there's no way they can hide it, like you say, because it's a constant reminder. And uh, and especially with if you just have to gamble – and it's nothing like Las Vegas, but every state seems to have some sort of like uh, Native American gambling, that kind of thing. And so you can get to it and it takes away a little of that incentive. Did you kind of find that, that the culture was really hurt by this?
1: Yeah, it, well, it's interesting you mentioned that because that was an issue pre-COVID. And I think that's kind of been lost in the conversation as, as Vegas talks about trends and a rebound and, you know, a lot of the cheerleaders saying, like, Vegas is going to come back, you know, better than ever and bigger than ever. And I never believed that <laughs> yeah. if, for exactly the reason you're talking about these local uh, casinos at, that are much closer to home and uh, across the country. Gambling is legal now. Uh, so the cachet of Vegas turned in turned away from their monopoly on gambling to experiences but, you know, I keep trying, I keep asking people, like, what experience do you think you can get in Vegas that you can't get in other cities that are like this, in Orlando or, or in, in just in somebody's hometown? If you can go to a, to a casino, you can gamble and drink and see a show. Like, what's the big differentiator? Um, you know, I'm a big cheerleader of Vegas, but I, I think ultimately we're going to find that there were some bigger troubles brewing before COVID and COVID. Um, has had some benefits and some downside uh, in Vegas. I mean, I don't mean the, the virus itself. I mean the pandemic and, and the response to the pandemic. Um, but I think, you know, Vegas really has to look hard at, at that issue of those experiences that make a difference and the value that uh, used to be a focus just, that just kind of faded away because if you have a product that everybody wants, you don't really have to motivate people to come.
3: More with Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com in just a moment. Remember, please visit Vegas Never Sleeps online. For the best in Vegas, it's VegasNeverSleeps.com. And for great sports, go to SportsRACX.com. That's SportsRACX.com. And coming up on Sports Rock and Tours on January 16th and 23rd, we'll present an in depth conversation with the great Boston Celtic superstar Bob Cousy, who seldom even talks with the media anymore. Happy New Year. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, coast to coast on the Talk Media Network. Hi, this is Dr. Annette of The Dr. Annette Show. We've been talking today about COVID-19 and steps you can take to possibly prevent or mitigate infection. Silver and zinc have been used for centuries as disinfectants and as antimicrobials. We're offering you this special discount to make it easier and more affordable to get these essential silver and zinc liquid mineral supplements. Visit our website at www.elementalresearchinc.com and use promo code VEGAS20 to get 20% off silver and zinc products. Once again, that's www.elementalresearchinc.com and use promo code VEGAS20 to get 20% off silver and zinc products, professional line not included. We are all in this together, and we can get through this. Learn more at ElementalResearchinc.com and use the promo
2: code VEGAS20.
1: These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.
3: Welcome back to Vegas, never sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to the man behind Vital Vegas, Scott Robin.
1: Well, now you're going to have to motivate people to come, and uh, I I think there's that whole landscape is going to change, and it, you know one of the most startling numbers before COVID was that California had grabbed twenty percent of the drive traffic to Las Vegas before they ever got here. So that there was a 20% decrease in people driving to Las Vegas from Southern California, which is absolutely remarkable. And that was absolutely tied to these places like uh, San Manuel is one of the casinos, these tribal casinos. And it's just taking business away because people are kind of inherently lazy. And it might not be Vegas, but it's a lot closer and you don't have to deal with nickel and diming, you know, resort fees and these kind of annoying fees. So Vegas has been shaken to its core. And I think there's some positive things that are going to come out of it.
3: Well, and the two things that was always preached to me, the argument to that was well, we're going to have these residencies and these all this great entertainment. And we're going to have these big, huge conventions. And as you were mentioning before with the pandemic, those large events are the two things that are going to take the longest to come back, which leads me to wonder what they're thinking there at the convention, tourist authority, and so forth. What do we do? Because it might be four or five years before you get back to
1: what we left. Don't talk about four or five years. You're crazy. (laughs) No, this is uh – I'm gonna go late 2021. How about that? <laughs> oh, I like right. that. I prefer that. Well, the I, the irony is, of course, that Vegas was starting to come to grips with with flat visitation, like two years running, flat visitation. Right. So their big their big idea was exactly what you're talking about. Con, more convention space. It's conventions, sports. Uh, you know, getting the Raiders and. Nightlife, like, those were the big, de- and these big residencies, right? So across the board, everything that Vegas was pivoting toward just went away overnight. Like, not a decrease went to zero. So uh, that was a, it was horrible timing. Uh, nobody really knew if that was even going to work. Um, but because you can see a concert anywhere, you can see any of these headliners anywhere, pretty much. You can go to a, a football game anywhere. So that, uh, you know, I'm always harping away on this on Twitter about commoditization, which is kind of your product becomes interchangeable with other products. Uh, So I don't think anybody in Vegas actually has any solutions to this problem. Uh, They were going to, you know, it's, uh, and I think, symbolic of that was MGM Resorts turned away from calling itself a casino company and started calling itself an entertainment company. So you could see they were starting to shift that, uh, the, the desire to be perceived as more than gambling because gambling has waned and it's and it's prevalent in other places. So this is the big question mark for the future of Vegas. But obviously what we're talking about is like more near term, we have to employ some of these banquet folks again. We have to employ, you know, we have to see a game in our damn arena that tax money has helped pay for. Like we have to, <laughs> we have to figure it out. Much shorter term because people are leaving. People are in dire straits, so uh, you know a lot of hope is being put on the on the vaccine. I think this kind of works itself out, but I would rather it work itself out with as few cases and death as possible. Obviously, but this is all just one big quagmire of questions, and nobody has any answers at this point.
3: Now it's it's really frustrating, and the whole concept of you know only in Vegas and so forth. They have to re recreate that, and it's going to be a challenge. Now, you know, there are very intelligent minds there, very imaginative people, but uh, they definitely have a a shore ahead of them because you want those planes coming back. That's going to be one of the last things that happens, but you want people all over the world to be flying into
1: McCarran. Yeah, it's true that the international uh, visitor, just the complete lack of international travel has been brutal, Uh, and that even includes Canada. You know, like the closer places where there's just real good, reliable uh, source of of customers and players uh, that just haven't been here. There's just a big, you know, it's a big gap that that's an important piece to to have come back. Uh, The core group of people that are that are from the United States, as I said, they're playing locally. uh, So that's going to be a problem, whether, you know, whether the pandemic is still in effect or not it's it's a it's a very interesting conundrum, like you said, because the the how do you read, because everyone has has said this since the beginning of this thing. Vegas is known for redefining itself. And I keep asking them, why do you think that? Why do you think Vegas has ever redefined itself as anything? And they're like, well, they were a family destination at one point. I'm like, that never really did very well. <laughs> like, the, the times they've tried redefining themselves, it hasn't worked. So, to say now we're some entertainment mecca that's so different from everywhere else in the world, it just doesn't make sense to me. So, I think what we're really looking at is, is a downsizing of Vegas. It's just, it's, it's going to be uh, leaner, hopefully. It's going to be more efficient without sacrificing that sense of, uh, of appreciating customers and treating them like individuals rather than numbers or market segments. You know, Vegas definitely drifted away from that. Um, but I, I think Vegas is just going to have to figure out, you know, like, you know, what kind of experiences. If we if we have a, uh, a music festival that nobody else has, Electric Daisy. Daisy Carnival is an example of one of those, where it's just, it's known around the world. It's huge. You know, those kind of experiences, that's not a traditional casino experience. Uh, You know, the traditional casino experience is a a lounge act or a a performer, uh, you know, in a concert venue. But they they really have to get creative. And I think they just have to be okay with, like, there's no coming back 110%. It's just not going to happen. So make what you have better. And you know whether it's sports, that was that was a big one. Conventions were a big one. You know, it, I don't have any answers, and you know I usually know everything, <laughs> but I I can't really see some kind of aha moment up ahead. You know, you can have Elon Musk's uh, tunnel, you know, tunnel transportation system all day, but that's not that's not going to bring legions of new new folks to Vegas.
3: More with Scott Robin, who really has a pulse on the world of Vegas, in just a moment. Have you been Portnoyed yet? Well, you should be. What does that
0: actually mean, Neil Portnoy? Well, you know, Mona Van something, she's a psychic. Her name just slips me at the moment. At one of my networking events said, you know, you're nobody in Vegas until you've been Portnoyed. I went, oh, I kind of like that. So we started marketing, doing those portrait caricatures, and it's really caught on. Everybody wants to be portnoid, And what portnoid means is you send me a photograph and I do a realistic cartoon caricature, realistic, looks just like you, and then I cartoon the body. And you then become part of the portnoid wall of honor here at Portnoy Gallery. How do we get information we want to get Portnoyed? Uh You can call the gallery at 702-685-2929. Or on social media, Facebook, Portnoy Gallery, artist Neil Portnoy, Neil Portnoy, iDrawPeople.com, and probably about six other places that, at my age memory, is the second thing that goes.
3: If you love classic sports, you'll love Sports Rock and Tours, which now follows the show on most of these stations. You can also go to sports, plural, sports, R-A-C-X.com. That's sports.com. RACX.com and remember to check it out this month on the 16th and the 23rd when the legendary Bob Cousy joins us. Happy New Year! You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi nationwide on the Talk Media Network. That's
1: You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi.
3: You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps. We are talking about the future of Vegas with Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com. Well, finally on that point, Scott... Is anybody talking about going back to that customer service? You know, I saw the movie uh, over the weekend, Ocean's Eleven, which I hadn't seen in a while, the the, the original one back with uh, Sinatra and those folks. And as I walked to Vegas and so forth, one of the things you got was it was this incredible idea of customer service. Wow, I was really getting treated, really getting pampered at every case. Everybody knew me. Has there been some talk to maybe going about it? back and emphasizing that because you're not going to do it with gambling only because, as we mentioned before, that's everywhere. So you got to make it special for another reason.
1: Yeah, it's true. I mean, Vegas is known as having a service culture, a customer-first culture, but the actual experience that someone has feels different now. Uh, and And I'm not just talking about COVID. I'm talking about the evolution of Vegas where – uh, there were you know and it's still true that the people in charge are business people they're they are the bean counters and their value to these companies comes from synergies and uh, you know efficiencies and cost cutting and a lot of that uh, sacrifice of the customer experience you know and that's why people have this kind of lofty romantic memory of when the mob ran Vegas was it, things were so much better when the mob ran Vegas. You'd walk in and they would know your name, and and uh, they would give you a table and they you know throw you a room or blah. I'm like, you've lost your mind. I, I mean, it's true, <laughs> but they were also you know the town was getting twenty thousand visitors a year, and, and now it's getting forty million. So it's impossible to do that kind of hands-on customer service. Plus, mob guys were you know they. They weren't treating everybody like that. They were treating the people who were good players who were losing money at the table like that. So there's there's kind of this romantic vision of, of a bygone era where, where uh, you know service was so much better. But I do think Vegas lost its way uh, in trying to eke out every penny, kind of that thing about stepping over a uh, you know a dollar to get a dime because when they started doing paid parking, And they started doing venue fees and concession fees and, and, you know, just really, you know, you put your slice of pizza in the fridge and you get, ding, $40 for using the fridge for a personal item. I mean, that kind of stuff, that leaves a bad taste in people's mouths. So I'm not sure that's the cure-all, but a focus on that, on a better level of service and treating people like individuals, I think, would be huge for Vegas.
3: Couldn't agree more. Let's jump into a – and we won't cover them all. You can do that at VitalVegas.com, and you should. uh, 21 for 2021, and just some of the ones that kind of jumped out at me. First of all, the Palms isn't going to be reopened to 2021 or in the entire year, you say. That's sort of – it's really kind of frustrating because I always liked the Palms. It had had its moment of stardom. They tried to recreate it, and boy, it didn't work, and uh, that's a nice – Beautiful hotel that uh, is just sitting there.
1: It is beautiful. Uh, it was a huge mis- miscalculation on the part of the station casinos, uh, Red Rock Resorts. Uh, they, they really wanted it to recapture its heyday, but it wasn't based on any kind of reality of the market, um, especially the nightclub, Chaos Nightclub. It was just a disaster. Huge cost financially. Uh, and so what I'm hearing is a lot of the artwork, all this expensive artwork has been taken out. I think it's sitting there waiting for a buyer. Uh, I don't really have any inside info on when the sale might happen or when it might reopen, but it just it looks very bleak for Palms for 2021. And uh, I'm sure people are poking around at it, but I don't know how they make. Uh, they've got to get it at a pretty good price. And right. station casinos is just going to take a huge financial hit. Uh, at some point, they've been able to bury it pretty well so far, but at some point, the reality is going to sink in that it was just a huge misstep. Uh, the Vertitas, they have good instincts, but this was just, this was a miss and they just misread the market. And, you know, a number of nightclubs had closed leading up to this. The nightclub world is, is pretty iffy. Uh, to begin with, and they just they walked right into it, and they were giving these amazing deals to these DJs. No way they could recoup uh, what they were spending. And so that imploded, not literally, and I don't, I don't think there's any danger of, of poems being imploded. I can't say the same for Rio, uh, because I think that's going to be a tough slog, too. These off-strip places are, are going to have some challenges in 2021. Yeah, and you
3: always have kind of taught me that Things evolve in Vegas, but it's hard to re- rediscover some of that magic from the past, and that certainly was a case with the Palms, because they kind of had that in the 90s, and people were staying there, and then Hugh Hefner's whole thing, and you just can't do that. You kind of have to move on. What do you see as the future for Vegas? I mean, are you excited about a
1: resort's world? Well, I think that's a very relevant question, because uh, I'm obviously excited about it. It's a Vegas mega resort. Uh, I the way they've done it so far looks beautiful the, the things they have planned are beautiful very expensive uh billions of dollars so i i am very concerned about resorts world uh, as i said the visitation was flat for two years before COVID. they're going to be opening mid-summer i just don't see how this place succeeds under these conditions and that's i honestly had concerns before COVID because they were they it looks like they're using a playbook from a different era when this, when mega resorts were a thing and they are have they're building multiple restaurants that cost 4 million dollars each this entire project costs over 4 billion dollars I, I mean more power to them for doing this and and they have scaled down the project substantially from day one but it's I'm excited about it, but I, I don't see how this doesn't end up being the last mega resort in Las Vegas, to be honest. I mean, the the era of just unbridled growth and expansion and an increased visitation, I don't know where that, where that mentality has come from. I don't know how they're just – they are just pushing forward. Uh, and like you said, there's a lot of smart, smart people in Vegas. I absolutely want to be wrong. That I just don't understand how it works. I don't think it pencils out, and I, I'm very excited for Virgin. Uh, yes. Virgin, of formerly the Hard Rock, another one that's opening. But that's such a, it is a much smaller scale, so the 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 expectations are lower. The you know the the actual level that you have to hit to be profitable is lower. Resorts World is, is just so over the top, extravagant, and they're doing a nightclub. As I said. Nightclubs weren't in great shape prior to COVID. Uh, they've got massive restaurants. They've got a massive theater. So many seats in Vegas. You've got the Sphere. You've got the you know the the uh, stadium. You've got uh, it, it's i it'll be fascinating to watch. And it's it's like they know something nobody else knows because they are proceeding as if they know something <laughs> and it's magical. And I, I get the convention center once it opens and there's bigger conventions. That'd be good. They're getting connected with Elon Musk Tunnel. That's good. But I just don't see this this business that they imagine they're going to have. And this is exactly what Palms did. They imagined an audience and a customer that didn't exist and they couldn't get them. So I don't know how Resorts World is going to do it. They had, You know, Genting is a huge company, uh, so I guess that could help. Uh, they've got the Hilton brands in this thing, so uh, Hilton's marketing is going to be uh, doing a lot of the leg legwork, but it's 3,500 rooms. it, it yeah. it's, it's baffling how big it is, how expensive it is. Long answer to a short question, but uh, I am excited about it because I love new shiny things, but I'm just glad I don't have any skin in the game uh, and, that I, and that I didn't pay for the thing.
3: We'll be back in a moment with more from your Vegas insider Scott Robin of Vital Vegas. Make sure to follow Scott at vitalvegas.com as well as on Facebook and Twitter, and make sure to listen to our new show Sports Rock and Tours, which follows Vegas never sleeps in most markets. If your station doesn't carry it, you can do two things: first, call them and ask them to carry Sports Rock and Tours; secondly, go to sportsracx.com. That's sports racx.com where you can hear this week's show as well as shows from the past. We've got some great guests coming up including Fran Tarkenton, Bob Cousy, and Tom Flores. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, coast to coast on the Talk Media Network. Epsilon XR creates immersive learning environments that engage with your learner, resulting in improved information retention, which leads to better performance and ultimately an increase in revenue. Or more at elearning.epsilonxr.com. Now let's return to Vegas Never Sleeps with Steven Maggi. Welcome back to Vegas Never Sleeps, you're listening to Scott Robin of Vital Vegas discussing what to look for in 2021.
1: Because it's, uh, I don't know uh, how they recoup their investment. I'm just glad the thing will be finished because we've been looking at that ugly, <laughs> empty uh, space for so long. Uh, but I don't know. It was, it's a very expensive experiment, in my opinion.
3: Well, one experiment that didn't get that far, and in fact now it's finally done, it looks like, is the Drew. You mentioned that. I wonder, as I listen to you, is the future of kind of the new places in Vegas, things like Circa downtown or maybe a place like the M, which is way down the end of Las Vegas Boulevard, in that they're kind of manageable in terms of how many rooms they have, or you're not talking about in the thousands?
1: Yeah, I think that's definitely true. Um, You know, because Circa, I don't know how many people are familiar with it. It's a new hotel, uh, new resort in downtown Las Vegas. Cost like $1.2 billion, maybe so. You know, a quarter of the cost of Resorts World. And people were very concerned because they opened in the middle of the pandemic. They didn't even wait. Like, Virgin's pushing their their opening date back. Resorts World has pushed theirs back multiple times. They opened right in the thick of it. And I think it's because they knew... That if you're not doing thousands of rooms, like their number, I think when they open is probably closer to four or five hundred. That that's doable. It's a it's a manageable level of expectation that you can actually meet or exceed. Uh, They haven't gone crazy. They've got a pool complex, but they haven't. You know, there's no huge extravagant uh, expense to that. I love these little. More boutique places. I don't even know if you call Circa boutique, but something in in the realm of Cromwell. Um, you know that's that's why so many people are looking at wanting to buy Cromwell because it's a manageable size. It's a boutique. It's not some sprawling massive mega resort where you just it's thousands of employees and it's all these logistical things. You know, ultimately those places benefit from that scale, but that's past tense. You know, these big, big mega resorts made money back in the day because they, they just kept growing and people were filling them up. And when you get that kind of critical mass, you're going to make a fortune. But I think these more modest endeavors like Virgin and uh, and Circa, they're the ones that are in really good shape coming out of this. Because if even if things flatten or go down a little, they're still going to do okay. And I, I don't know, all eyes on the resorts world.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, let's... Let's close up with two really kind of happy things from your list. Uh, we got to struggle a little more than we have in the past, but a couple of things. One is I love the fact that a slot jackpot win now of twelve hundred dollars or more, of course, always used to set you in with the tax work. Now they're talking about uh, what they're moving it to five thousand. That sure seems a lot better because, boy, if you won like a, a little over twelve hundred dollars, you almost were kind of hoping
1: you get eleven hundred not to go through that. <laughs> yes, it is the. The the gamblers' paradox, um, where you want to win, but you don't want to win twelve hundred and fifty bucks because then the the government takes a chunk, and you actually lose. You know, I'd always rather win eleven hundred bucks or five thousand or ten thousand. So that's that's a prediction of mine that it will go up to five thousand. That that has been. Uh, Kind of start the process has started. I think it has to happen on like a federal level with the with the uh, the IRS and the treas- Treasury Department. You, the wheels have slowly been churning. Uh, you really notice this problem uh, when you go into a high limit room because people are playing. You know, twenty five dollars spin, fifty dollars spin, hundred dollars spin. These are serious players. Anything they win is taxable. So you basically have to take the machine out of commission for the time that it takes to pay the person they have to stop playing they're sitting there it's idle time you got people that are having to do the paperwork it's just it's an administrative pain in the arse so if that number could get b- bumped up even to 10,000 i think the casinos would love to have it at 10,000 you just clear up a lot of these folks just play because every minute that you take a big player off of a machine is is lost revenue and you know, for the player, it's like, hey, it's lost jackpots too because playing at that level, you're getting paid these bigger jackpots much more frequently. So I would love to see that, um, and everybody would perk up and be excited because then you could actually get excited for your $1,250 Absolutely.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, it's hoping for something fun out of the Internal Revenue Service. Okay. And finally, a, a prediction you have, and boy, it would be exciting if that happened, NBA expansion. Now, That kind of surprised me because your prediction says they'd probably start at T-Mobile, but they'd get their own stadium built or arena, I should say. Uh, Do you have any – where are you hearing that? Because I know one time when I interviewed the mayor, the NBA – of course, that was the prior commissioner – had always said that, I don't know about that. Although I associate the NBA a lot with Las Vegas because there's always a lot of fun. That's where these championships are celebrated.
1: Yeah, I'm not, uh, I always like to disclaim the fact that I'm not a sports person. Uh, I sometimes do my predictions on just chatter and buzz that I hear. Um, And it's just sounding more like an NBA expansion team. The timing is, is about right. Uh, I've heard people like Mark Cuban uh, say that the timing's not right. The mayor, I guess, ongoing discussions, but I think it's, Time that it happened. I, I've always I predicted in 2018 that that Seattle would get a team first, and then uh, Vegas would be next. And I think there's just a certain maturity uh, to Las Vegas and its sports um, realm. Uh, you know, getting the Raiders was a big deal, and obviously the Knights have been. They that was a huge windfall. Nobody expected that out of hockey. So I think they're figuring the NBA is going to be a slam dunk. I don't know, so to speak. I don't know that the um I don't know about the part about a specific arena. Uh MGM Resorts has a foot in the door because they have the Aces, which is the WNBA team, and they play in T-Mobile, so I think that would be that would be an intuitive guess as to where where they would end up. But then you hear these little rumblings about the All-Net Resort and Arena. Uh, Jackie Robinson is the guy behind that and apparently has, you know, he has an NBA history and a lot of contacts. He doesn't really have the money to do it yet, but there uh, there has been rumblings that the NBA, they would want a dedicated uh, arena of some sort. The Rio is in flux. If they knock that thing down, that'd be a great spot for another another sports uh, venue, but yeah, th- that's a lot of speculation on my part about, about a dedicated uh, venue, but I think it's time for the NBA to look at Las Vegas.
3: I do too. And I think it's time for our listeners to definitely make VitalVegas.com your home, because not only do you have all this great information and this wonderful opinion, it's snarky, it's fun, but also, What's with you and the camera? My God, I read some of your pieces on restaurants and stuff, and I feel like I ate there. (laughs) You really have gotten into the world of photography. Some great stuff on there, Scott.
1: Well, it's funny, because I never started out doing, like, news and scoop. I always just wanted to let people know what restaurants to eat at. Uh, And I enjoyed photography, so I did quite a bit of photography of food and cocktails. But over time, it just evolved into... Uh, people really wanted news and scoop, and they wanted to know about things before they were in news releases, so i that 's the realm I got into
3: Well Scott, thank you so much. Uh, happy new year 2021 let 's hope for 2022 by the time we reach that we 'll say we 're done with all the stuff. Vegas is on the way back, and we 'll have new fun stuff to talk about
1: more good news and I want our conversation to be about happy new things in Vegas.
3: Make sure to visit VitalVegas.com every day for the very best in Vegas news. Coming up next is Sports Rockin' Tours. If your local station doesn't carry it, go to SportsRACX.com. That's SportsRACX.com. There you can hear this week's show as well as extended interviews with our previous guests. And please follow both shows on all social media platforms, including Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening today. This is Stephen Maggi, reminding you, Vegas never sleeps.
2: Vegas,
0: here we go!
3: Have your collectibles taken over your house? Well, maybe it's time for those treasures to find a new home, and I've got just the place to help you do that. The place to go is Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads, where they are always buying. Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads has over 35 years of experience buying collections of sports cards, memorabilia, bobbleheads, toys, action figures, comic books, Hot Wheels, Star Wars, movie posters, and more. If you've collected it, there's a good chance they'll buy it. No collections are too large or too small. Call Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads at 310-534-4180 or text them pictures of your collection. That number again is 310-534-4180. That's 310-534-4180. Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads, 310-534-4180 Three one zero
1: five three four four one eight zero.